0: Hi and welcome to Coldody Messianic Congregations weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11am at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at coldody.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Coldody Nashville. And now here's Rabbi Ken's latest message.
1: done. Rabbi, Emunah, Tachamodani, Le'ef You will be Melechai and Melechai Melechai Melechai
2: awesome ima, an awesome mom, and the making of Moshe, the making of Moses. So I'm just going to look at the first few chapters of Exodus a little bit. But uh, Father, we pray you open our eyes to feel wonderful things from your word. Gal enay va'avitani fla'ot me'toratecha, Father, speak to us by your spirit, Lord, and feed us, Lord, something that will help us in Yeshua's precious and powerful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. 2024 will be a year of warfare. I don't say that because I'm prophetic in nature and what I would know I'm not. I don't consider myself bit Rabbi Jonathan Khan said it and I think he is. I don't believe many people, as you know me, I'm very super skeptical when people say they're prophetic but I, I believe he has a prophetic mantle on him to be sure, I always felt that. He's a humble, humble guy. Knew him when he was, like, I mean, the first rabbi's conference we went to. And we took a long walk. It was in Philadelphia. And he was, like, saying, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, and he, he was, like, searching for, and, and look at him. And, you know, we prayed together. and um, Anyway, he mentioned in the, he had gave the most powerful message I've ever heard him share at this, at the conference there. And he said, we will need, he said, we will need to become fighters, And we need to learn to fight. And he used the term, an IDF of the spirit. An IDF of the spirit. You know, the Jewish people came back to the land out of the Holocaust. We came back out of the Holocaust. But as he mentioned, they needed to learn to fight, to develop an army. Uh, And... um, You know what happened. I mean, you know, Israelis today, if you're in Israel, you know Israelis, the younger generation, don't even sometimes like to, to they have to go through school, they have to be made to go to see Yad Vashem and go through and face the whole, they don't like to face that. They don't like to think of us being as sheep going to the slaughter, just, you know, letting it happen. And we need to fight. If we fight, we will win. If we don't fight, we won't win. And that's true spiritually as well. The dragon, he quoted Revelation 12, that's what he spoke about. The dragon hates us because of what we represent. The great fiery red dragon. And it became enraged at the woman. There we go. There's a put some slides together. That great fire became enraged, Revelation 12 became enraged at the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring, those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. Guess what? That's us. That's us. Joshua 1.9 says, Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I love 1 Corinthians 15.58. Comes to mind, of course. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be strong. Be strong, be steadfast, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your labor is not in vain in as much as it's in the Lord. Yeah, we need to fight. And I'm going to, I'm I personally, just from that message, I'm just going to, I said, Lord, help me to screen everything this year. Start screening everything through that prism of making me a fighter, better fighter, making me a better fighter. Because whatever we face this year, I want to be a better fighter for you. And we need to be fighters, better fighters together because we're going to have to and everything that we face, pushing through when we hit when we're hit with bad news, pushing through whether it's sickness or depression or exhaustion or failure or a blow up, you know if you if you're failure, you know something happens. Pushing through, don't give up, don't quit when trials come, when obstacles come. Uh, Revelation twelve eleven they came. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And that was the theme of the conference. What was interesting, that was the theme of the conference on on the banner and everything that they chose. And so I love this quote by Tony Dungy, no excuses, no explanations. Don't you love it? No excuses, great coach, Tony Dungy, and strong believer, strong, strong believer, great man of God, no excuses, no explanations. I refuse to miss the service because I'll miss God. That's the way I look at things. I I refuse to miss. You know, some people let the least thing stop them from getting to be with God's people. They just let the least thing. They say, oh, I can't. Listen, well, that's between you and God. But I just, I have a, it's because of my, the pastor where I went to Bible college, he was just that way. He would just not let anything, said don't, I don't let anything stop me. And I, it's part of my DNA too. And because of that, I think I'm gonna be there. Moses in preparation. In Exodus 1 through 3, you know, Moses had a tough childhood. He really did. A very tough upbringing. And I thought also David's upbringing was tough too. David's preparation. You see, and I'm going to read a few verses. Psalm 78, uh, 70 through 72 Talks about David's the preparation of David and God preparing David. He took chose he chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds from following the nursing ewes. He brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he shepherded them with the integrity of his heart and he led them with skillful hands. So we think of David. You know God prepared him just in being faithful in the small things. He wasn't looking to be a great leader, King David but he was she- faithful in shepherding the sheep. But you think, well, bah, you know, that was so easy, just shepherding the sheep. But it wasn't easy. First Samuel, I was looking, looked at the account again when he faced Goliath, and you know, he mentions, let's, I'm gonna read this portion, verses 34 through 37. Love that encounter when David went to uh, and challenged the group, and he wanted to go face Goliath. Everyone else was afraid but David and he said to Saul, Your servant has been tending his father's sheep. This is first 1 Samuel 1734. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb out of its mouth. Any anyone, anyone here ever done that? <laughs> if it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its fur struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, so this uncircumcised Philistine will become like one of them, since he has defied the ranks of the living God. You know, then David said, the Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion, that is a big paws, by the way, right? Paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, big bear, big paws, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and then Saul said go go and may the Lord be with you <laughs> but just think about that you know lions and bears attacked took his lambs and then they attacked him that was his training that was part of his training and he mentions he mentions three times and their mouths their furs their their fur their paws and uh you know i mean i did have all I can think of is Leonard DiCaprio in The Revenant. If you've never, if you've never seen that, don't see it. No, don't, I don't want to be responsible. <laughs> my, I know my, my son Samuel, who's in heaven, who's with the Lord now, but he, he had seen it, and I had never seen it until after he went to heaven. Man, that is the most incredible scene you'll ever see. He wrestles a grizzly bear in it, and it's, it's the most, oh my gosh, violent and awesome scene. I mean, Wow. But David had rough training. You know, this is his preparation. Well, Moses' training was rough too. And with Shmote, the book of Exodus, we move from the family or tribe of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph to the larger peoplehood, Bnei Yisrael, the children of Israel. In Exodus 1, if you just go back there for a little bit, we see Pharaoh's plan, verses 9 and 10. We see that he said to his people, look. Uh, new King Rose of Egypt did not know jo- The new king says to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are too numerous and too powerful for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or else they will grow even more numerous so that if, the war, if war breaks out, they may join our enemies, <clears throat> fight against us, then escape from the land. So Pharaoh's plan, he attempts four stages to stop the Hebrew, the quote, Hebrew proliferation. Forced labory. A forced labor, rather, slavery, infanticide, secretly murder all the male newborns, and then do it publicly, do it publicly. Uh, I'm, I, I heard, I don't know, I'm you know, not a researcher of these things, but there's a new potential law, I'm told, was right, we were heard in California that would allow actually allow a parent to end a child's life within 30 days of its birth. What I do know is this, that... God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, before you were even born, I set you apart. He told Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1.5. For you have created my conscience, the psalmist David said. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm awesomely, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was unformed, and in your book were written the days that were formed when not one of them had come to be. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. I haven't read those verses in a long time. It's good to, good to remind ourselves this is what this is the reality of it. And the, Bible, the word of God says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Romans 8, 29. Paul says, when God, who set me apart from birth, called and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me. He set me apart from the womb, from, me, from birth. So God knows us before we're even born. And this was, but this was a plan, infanticide. And the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and spread. Persecution, it says in twelve. persecution only strengthens us. Adversity only advances us. Now there are two women, Shipra Shipra and Pua. Shipra and Pua. Uh, I don't know. We never, I don't think we considered naming our daughter Pua. But but anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Shipra and Pua, they were the names. These were two incredible ladies, two noble ladies, and they are certainly in the Hebrews 11 Hebrew hall, uh, heavenly hall of heroes, as I would love to call them. The heavenly hall of heroes, the cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 11, right? They are martyrs, which are, are martyrs and winners, the Hebrews 11 Group the cloud of witnesses. They are remember that Hebrews eleven. They are the veteran athletes. They're winners. They are those that win, winning through martyrdom in many, in many cases, but they're not spectators. They're not in a grandstand looking on, saying you know that's great. But they are they are ones who, have, who are saying finish it. It's worth it. It's worth it, and they're cheering us on in that way. But these women feared God more than man. They refused to terminate the life of a baby in order to save themselves. They were willing to lie and ready to die if need be. And if they'd told the truth, they'd not have been able to save any more babies from infanticide. So Yeshua said be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Matthew ten sixteen. So you say, why? how could God bless them for lying? Well, they were wise as serpents and innocent as doves. It was saving lives. And then you have mothers the, in chapter 2, Moses' mother. Do you know what her, her name was? I, for, I didn't know. I forgot. Yo-hebed. Marty knows it. Yocheved. Let's all say that. Yocheved. Man, Marty. Uh, it's, it's mentioned twice. Our Exodus six twenty. And Numbers twenty six fifty nine. Her name is mentioned twice. That's where it is. So Yocheved, she's unbelievable. She is awesome. She chose to die to her son twice. She gave him up after three months, when he was three months old, putting him in a river, in the river, in the basket, if we read chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And then she gave him up again after becoming his nurse, when he was probably... Two or three years old, between two and three years old, to become Pharaoh's son. Uh, chapter 2, verse 5, I wrote a note to myself. It says, yeah, she saw the basket, sent her handmaid to fetch it. So the hand of the Lord, God working. As she, and she, think of it, she's probably been obviously praying. And so God's answering the prayer and sends this person to see, this, to see the, 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 the baby in the basket the Kinder Kinder transport is uh, meaning children's transport was a series of rescue efforts during the Holocaust between 1938 and 1940, bringing about ten thousand refugee children. Picture up there to safety in Great Britain from Nazi Germany. Ten thousand, about ten thousand refugee children. The vast majority of them were Jewish. All because of People didn't just watch it happen, but they intervened when it was when the Holocaust was going, getting children to safety. Amazing, bringing them on the trains. But think about how difficult it was for Moses' mother to nurse her child, because she becomes the nurse then of the child, the very mother of Moses. They they draft they. I don't know how they found her, but they did. Found that this is the mother of the baby, and they bring her to nurse the child for probably a couple, at least, you know, maybe two, three years. We don't know how long that would go on. And she, I, that's what, anything I could find, probably two, three years. And she'd have to give him up all over again. Can you imagine that? You know, it's like you give up something to the Lord and you think, oh, and then the Lord gives it back to you, something, and then you have to die to it all over again. Does that ever happen? Um, how many prayers? And then think of this, how many prayers did Moses' mom, did Yocheved open, offer up for him? How many prayers she's praying, how many times she's praying for him? My wife's an amazing prayer warrior. She prays all the time. She prays so much. And, and thank God for the many prayer warriors we have here. I know I couldn't be doing anything if it wasn't for the people that pray a lot. I'd like to say I pray a lot. I'm, I don't pray as much as I should. I know I don't. Um, I know I need to pray more. And that's a goal I have for the new year, at least. And, and I hope we can, I think we need to start a men's prayer meeting. So that's on my plan, too, to start a men's prayer meeting. We're going to start one. So am trying to figure out the best time for that. And I want to ask you this question, or ask yourself this question. Who prayed for you to prepare you for your mission and your calling? Who prayed for you? Saturated prayer for you. Saturated that soil or you, and and you're doing what you're doing, or you're, you're calling, you're you're because of that prayer, you know. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't grow up in a believing family where I had praying grandmom and grandma, grandpa, I just Jewish family wasn't believing family praying. So I and I was had to ask myself that question. Wait a minute, who prayed for me? How did I get? How did I come to know the Lord? And I knew who it was, Mrs. Corey. I know Mrs. Corey it was a Lebanese woman, mother of a friend of ours who we used to visit. When, and we were a bad influence on her daughter. You know, we weren't, we were uh, and and yet she would always call us, and say, come in, come in, let me feed you something. She was praying for us. I didn't know it until after we knew the Lord, but she was, she was praying for us. And then I did think, I did think, I probably had, we had a housekeeper also, maybe when I was a child, said, I bet a house, that housekeeper was a believer too and prayed for us too. So, but you know, who do you have in your life that's praying, boy, praying? Well, anyway, Moses, Moses, Look at verses 11 through 21. Moses is the Clint Eastwood of the Israelites. I've never said that before, but I thought, I thought of that. Because I, I watched an old Clint Eastwood movie recently, the old Western. But Moses it reminds you, you know, it's a little like Clint Eastwood. Moses kills an Egyptian in verses 11 and 12 when he, that he saw beating a fellow Hebrew slave. Moses stood up to the shepherds in verses 16 through 19 that were preventing the daughters of the priest of Midian Watering, um, watering their father 's flock, and he helped them. He water, watering the flock. He watered the flock, which was a hard job, by the way, lots of carrying those buckets, and you know, a lot of, a hard job. But he, he stood up to them. So he had a heart of compassion for the oppressed, and he had courage to take action. He couldn't just watch injustice taking place in apathy. He had a passion for justice, uh, and it was for all. He hated bullies, and he defended the weak and the defenseless against them. That was Moses. This is who God used. And so as a result, God blesses him. He, inter- God, he does what his job, what God, what, what, what is in his heart, and he's invited to their home, to these, um, the daughter's home, and he ends up staying there in verses 19 and 20. Proverbs 16, 18 says, a man's gift makes room for him and leads him before great men. Him giving made room for him and ended up, so when we give, when we do what God, are obedient to give and do what we're supposed to do, God will open doors as we do it. So then in chapter three, we're not going to look at the portion that we would a lot of times look at, ah, yeah, share, that beautiful passage, but where, you know, God says, I will be who I will be, really, and, but, and reveals his name. But Moses gets introduced in chapter 3 to the God of his ancestors, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that name of God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mentioned 224, 36, 315, 316, mentioned four times here. And think about it. Moses is a single-parent child growing up without even knowing his real parents, Think about that. What excuse do you have? Do I have? Believe me, it's not good enough. Moses doesn't even know who his parents are. Growing up. Moses is selected. He's spared. He's shaped. And he's ultimately sent. And so let me say it. Bring it home for us. If I can, if God will help me to. God wants to select you to spare you. He has spared you, and He wants to spare you. He wants to shape you. He has shaped you, He is shaping you, and He wants to send you. So let's say that. Repeat after me if you would, if you feel the liberty to. I have been selected, I have been spared, I have been shaped. I have been sent. I'm selected. I'm selected. I'm spared. I'm being spared. I'm being shaped. I'm being sent. I'm going to be sent. I'm being sent. God, just like he did for Moses, he's doing it for you and I. Moses didn't even know this awesome eternal God. He didn't even know this God of his ancestors yet, or that he was a part of this incredible family. So a few points I'll just make in closing. God prepared you for your assignment before, even before your encounter with him, before you ever knew him. Another point, number two, if you want to count numbers. Your encounter with an introduction to Yeshua is also your introduction to your identity and your peoplehood. You're a part of a family, a community. And your introduction to Yeshua is your encounter. Your encounter with him is your introduction also to who you are, who you're a part of, your people. You're part of a family, a community of believers. And your encounter with Yeshua is also your introduction to your assignment and your mission. Moses is going to learn what his assignment is. But guess what? It's not going to come right away. It's not going to be all at once. It's not going to know. And if I knew, if you knew everything that God wanted you to do right away, you'd probably say, no way. And you'd probably, I mean, faint and probably have a heart attack and whatnot. Listen, your mission, my mission becomes clearer gradually as we follow him. Your mission becomes clearer as you follow, right? Right? Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until the full day. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you for what you're, you're, you're calling on Moses' life, Lord, and how you, what a difficult and tough upbringing he had, but how you prepared him and shaped him, and how you've done the same with each one of us here in different ways, and are doing even now. And it's not over. Hey, it's not over for Clint Eastwood at 93. (laughs) It's not over for any of us, no matter how young or old we are. We're being shaped, Lord, now. We're being prepared still, and you have done so much, and you are still doing so much. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Help us to Help us to be the instruments in your hand, Lord, to help others, to act, not to watch things happen and just be passive, but to act, Lord, when we see it, see the things we need to act, intervene in, to just be faithful, to respond to our opportunities. And we thank you, Lord. Help us to be, as we heard at this recent conference, to be an IDF of the Spirit, to become a people that know how to fight. And win. Because as we heard, if we fight, we will win. Because you're the one that fights on our side. Because we're really on your side. That's all that counts. And we thank you. If you've never received Yeshua, if you've never taken that first step to be born again, to have a new birth, man, we never want to end a service without giving you that opportunity. What it all takes is that one prayer we each have, most of us in here, maybe all of us, but most of us have done that. We've said at some point, we've humbled ourselves, said, Yes, God, I need you. I need, I thank you for Yeshua, Jesus, dying for my sins. Come into my life. Give me that new start, Lord. Wash me from my sins. Come into my life. Thank you, Lord. I want to encounter you, know you God as my God, my Father, Heavenly Father. And if you're praying that prayer, if you're watching online, please contact us so we can contact you back and help you in this new walk. If you're here, there'll be someone to pray with you after service. We have wonderful godly people that will agree with you in prayer.) <laughs> The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen.
0: I'm going to sing my new version of Psalm 23. It's a brand new song. Uh, I don't know if it's good or not. You don't know when you write a new song whether it's any good. But I don't care if it's any good. It's my song for the shepherd. So, Lord, thank you for this flock. And thank you that you are the shepherd of Israel. Thank you that you take us up in your arms and you gather your lambs. And now, Lord, as the deep darkness falls, the wolves are out. The wolves are everywhere. And we need the voice of the shepherd to lead us home. But even to add to that, not only to lead us home, but to welcome you home. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, right, <laughs> Lord, you're my shepherd; you meet every need. I find green pastures when your voice I heed. By the still waters you lovingly lead Shepherd of Israel And in the presence of my enemy A banqueting table you spread out for me My cup runs over, your oil flows free, shepherd of Israel. Lead me, my Lord and my God, use your staff and your rod. You know how I go astray, how I get lost. How I lose my way when the shadows are beckoning me Or I'm bound by some dark memory But when I follow you, I look back and see Your goodness and mercy are following me sake I make your path my own I'm part of your flock but I walk not alone still others you call till you bring us all home shepherd of Israel so lead me my Lord and my God your staff And your rod You know How I go astray How I get lost How I lose my way When the darkness Is wrapped around me Or I'm charmed by Some voice I should flee But when I follow you I look back and see Your goodness and mercy are following me And oh, what a miracle How you restore my soul Once a sad In your own... And remind me so tenderly That when I follow you I'll look back and see Your goodness and mercy Are following me Lord, when I follow you I'll look back and see shepherd of Israel. Amen.